0: So the multiverse of badness the podcast with one host that is probably a little more socially acceptable than the other i will let you determine which host i am talking about i am host a my name is mike and host b here actually host a one a the number one the bearded lady to my carnival barker we have zach from the pale bastard band how are you doing today zach Uh, It's a fun fact, actually. Uh, As a child, I ran away
1: to join the circus, uh, and I learned a really valuable lesson on the first day. Although there is actually a lot of respect for the bearded lady, absolutely none for an eight-year-old boy with tits.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. That's okay. (laughs) I was that guy, T-shirt-wearing pool uh, boy myself, but that being...
1: Oh, oh, talking about that, just sorry to interrupt (laughs) so early on. You know, I recently went on vacation, went on holiday, flew to Portugal for a few weeks, I got a heat rash all over my torso on the first day, so I was forced to
0: spend two weeks as T-Shirt Kid. T-Shirt Kid, Zach. I love it. I hate it for you, but I love the visuals. That being said, you're going to love the visuals of this comic because it is written by one of our favorites, John Byrne. It is also penciled by John Byrne. We are going back to September of 1989, and we are going to review... The original fourth wall breaking hero of the Marvel Universe, not Deadpool. We are going to review She-Hulk, issue five. What do you think about this bananas comic, Zach? I just realized that it came out a month
1: before I did. Oh. I was October of 1989. By that, I mean being expelled from a vagina, of course. (laughs) Of course. And Sensational She-Hulk was
0: um, spawned fourth of Stanley's vagina uh, the month before. So I'm very excited. Well, actually, I believe this is the second run of She-Hulk. So I think she may be nine years old or so at this point. I think the original run was in 1980. Could be wrong. I mean this individual issue. Oh, okay. I got you. Give or take a few years. But we were originally going to review issue number four, which was really bananas. This one introduces one of the oddest villains in Marvel history, possibly, and we'll get to his name because he's absolutely hilarious, but before we do, we are going to review other parts of this comic book, starting out with our heroine, She-Hulk laying on the couch, grinding her feet into her overstock.com couch, Rick James style, which may not make any sense to Zach, but anyone that watches Dave Chappelle will get that reference. And she is just spending her Saturday afternoon after a good jog watching kids shows on the television. Don't we all, apart from the jogging?
1: <laughs> you know, I don't I don't do the work to uh reward myself with the cartoons.
0: I just go straight into the fucking cartoons, dude. Oh, I don't blame you. Well, she starts out not with the cartoons, with some dude that looks like a cross between Pee-Wee Herman and Arcade and Joker. And she apparently is normally amused by this guy, but for some reason today she's not. We're going to notice. On the second page, a word that just says bong up in the corner. And we're not talking about smoking bowls. This is a literal bong sound. And it has kind of changed this whole guy's demeanor, it seems. he has gone
1: from a wacky, lovable, uh, even more (laughs) predatory-looking carrot top into a lover of books. You know, he's peddling David Copperfield, all the greats.
0: But as we all know, people who like books are fucking nerds. So (laughs) that's ruined that show. I would say that show probably ruined itself, as you like to say, but She-Hulk's having nothing to do with this. So she changes the station to something a little more up my alley, which includes Fab Rat and Fat Cat. And looks like Fab Rat's about ready to have his way with, well, let me rephrase that. That sounds awful. (laughs) Looks like Fat Rat is about ready to put Fat Cat in his place. And yet again, another bong, and we get something even more bananas occur. So, exactly, we go from a superhero cartoon of a mouse in a Superman
1: outfit taking down the bad guy to an actual cat chasing an actual mouse and She-Hulk's reaction of, oh my god, they just ate the Fab Rat.
0: (laughs) Yes, Fab Rat has seen better days because he was alive in those days, and this actually predates the first appearance of Itchy and Scratchy by about a year, I believe. It would have, yeah, so... There we go. Itchy and scratchy. Everything The Simpsons did. Complete ripoff. She-Hulk did it first. That's right. And finally, my favorite here. She changes the station one more time. Gets over to the Three Stooges and Moe takes a chainsaw to Curly's head. Limp biscuit style, not Swansea style this time. He actually takes and cuts Curly in the head with a running chainsaw.
1: These bongs are ruining everything, and I have said that at a lot of house parties as a teenager.
0: (laughs) Depends on the bong you grab. But finally, one more change of the channel, and She-Hulk appears to be in a television show herself. Well, we don't know that necessarily. She presses
1: the button. Instead of the channel changing, all of a sudden, she's in thick, dense rainforest.
0: What happens to be in this thick, dense rainforest? Well, first off, we get to see... A small child drawn by John Byrne, and for all of his art prowess, John Byrne has no fucking idea how to draw small children. And this kid looks like he's a 35 year old Johnny Storm hanging from a tree limb. With a.
1: In all fairness, he's got the proportions of a child's body, but then he also has, as you say, a grown man's head that is worryingly offset on the body <laughs> as well. It looks really quite odd and out of place
0: yes if you ever want to have fun look up i think it's called john Byrne draws babies or something and there are enough pictures <laughs> of john Byrne. again we love his artwork his work in champions 15 and 14 with swarm is chef's kiss however he cannot for some reason draw a small child fortunately for us This ugly, old-looking child is saved by She-Hulk, who takes down a Tyrannosaurus Rex, I assume, and saves our small child-like thing. (laughs) I do love that
1: she walks up behind the T-Rex, I presume, grabs it by the tail, and just hammer-throws it out of existence.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Buh-bye. And at this point, She-Hulk has finally figured out, yeah, we might be in a TV show Maybe something's going on with this remote control. Let me hit the remote control one more time, and she's shot off somewhere else, but we don't quite know yet
1: where. But one thing you did skip over is the way they figure out that they may be in a TV show, albeit a hyper-realistic rendition of a TV show, is... And let me get this right. The Stonesteins, not the Flintstones. <laughs> Don't you say it's the Flintstones. Legally, we do not have the right. It is the Stonesteins. Yet, they look exactly like them. There's Phil, Wilhelmina, and even Buddy, the neighbor, <laughs> dressed in full Flintstones garb, but as Neanderthals. Real, actual,
0: as they were Neanderthals. <laughs> well, you have to apologize my excitement Because what happens on the next page just left me feeling uncomfortable. We have someone bending over, a French maid bending over and looking rather sexual until her face turns and, oh, my God, it's Howard, the duck's hot sister.
1: Yeah, Mike has been very open before recording about his feelings towards this duck. Uh, We won't divulge them, but let's (laughs) say
0: he's shown me some drawings and they are wild. You know what? A man can dream. But <laughs> the next image, we get to see our villain who is causing this banana-cade, as I will say. I've never used the word before, but it sounds as good as A any. A banana-cade. A like We it. are introduced to someone who is one of Zach's favorite characters of all time. For some reason, his name is... Oh, my name is Dr. Bong. Yep, yep. Well, Dr. Bong... He also it also sounds
1: like a service that you would <laughs> ring up, like one eight hundred Doctor Bong, if your bong is like clogged or whatever,
0: <laughs> you'll come with a with some pipe cleaners and, and sort it out for you. Or you can use his hand, that is actually just a big ass bell. That for some reason he keeps hitting himself in the head with. He's not some twelve year old spoiled child trying to get his way. No, he's hitting himself in the head with his hands to change the channel, and what is happening in his own reality. His head is a literal bellend. <laughs> and his running mate here, or his, what would you say? Um, his assistant. Sexy duck. Yeah, his his assistant is, as you referred to, a sexy duck. And we only get a few panels of that before we are introduced to yet another lovely reference to cartoons because She-Hulk And our little John Byrne danger child thing. Actually, (laughs) wait a minute. I have to mention this, but I'm not sure if this is going to make it in the podcast or not. Look at she hawks hands on page 15. She's like got a frog hand or something opening that door. Oh, wow. Like perfectly straight pointy fingers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. That's, it... that's bad. Yeah. That's that... Rob Liefeld level bad hand <laughs> drawing. Yeah, yeah I, I hadn't noticed that before now. That's why I didn't reference it even uh, well. <laughs> but I was just like, I was taken aback by it when I looked because it was, it was just bananas. It
1: looks like he had five minutes left to close the book. And he's like, oh, God,
0: I just need to finish this one panel. (laughs) (laughs) He spent far too long drawing 35-year-old small children and left us with a frog hand for She-Hulk here. Regardless, I will probably try to work some of all that in. But back to our heroine, opening a door with a frog's hand. You'll have to see it to believe it. And we are introduced to more references to old cartoon characters. We are introduced to the O-Rockets and they are spewing, apparently, to some poor couple, equality of the sexes and the u- safe uses of atomic power and global government.
1: Basically, it seems, yeah, they are in the year 2132, and it seems to be that like they have just sat down, this couple. Again, this couple, once again, are, let's call them, for loss of editing quote-unquote, real-world people. Uh, and they are just getting lectured about the uh, socioeconomic... Th- philosophical uh, beliefs and kind of way things work in the year 2132. And fair play, this couple are bored out their asses. I don't
0: blame them. Do you know? And I looked this up, though. I didn't look it up too well, so it could be a little wrong here. Captain Planet was introduced in 1990. So this even predates Captain Planet. So She-Hulk is literally rewriting history in her comic books here. Thank you, She-Hulk. But
1: yeah, as I say, I don't think we actually alluded to who it is. It's the Jetsons, right? These these guys are supposed to be the Jetsons. But again, much like in the Flintstones universe, they are a real flesh and blood version of the Jetsons who turn out just to be uh, political
0: campaigners by the looks of things. <laughs> well, She-Hulk realizes that she can control the situation with the remote control that she actually brought along with her. But Dr. Bong quickly realizes he still has more control. He has nothing to do with that and starts hitting his head yet again, changes the situation, and we're introduced to Robo, no, Robot Cop.
1: Robot Cop. And This uh, genuinely, I put a smile on my face when it got (laughs) to this. It's been cartoons, and I was like, oh, oh, there we go, something dark and gritty, a bit of danger for She-Hulk to, uh, uh, you know, T-Rex notwithstanding, but a bit of danger for uh, She-Hulk
0: to contend with. Well, probably the most dangerous thing She-Hulk had to contend with was the small child nearly saying something that would have gotten Marvel sued because she is quick to put her hand over his mouth and stop him from, say, copyright infringement.
1: I do love, there's a lot of that, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later on, but, like, the self-awareness of this book, it's genuinely really quite funny. I I don't want to jump too ahead about my feelings on it, but (laughs) moments like that I really, really appreciate.
0: Yes. And back to what we were saying about issue four, I would recommend everyone to read issue four because it is a little too meta. This seems like John Byrne has hit his stride and kind of and we'll talk about it more in the review. But it seems like he's begun to hit his stride with issue five here.
1: So Dr. Bong just he's punching himself right in the end head. Skipping through all these hyper-realistic versions of TV shows, we've got a, a big grizzly bear in a hat and a tie chasing a young family. They look terrified. You've got, I see, was that that show called Mr. Magoo? Yes. There we go. That's uh, that's. I'm proud of myself for getting that one. And the one that really <laughs> fucking made me chuckle is the our boy, Elmer Fudd, running down an actual just poor rabbit me missing it by inches
0: with his buckshot. Well, he doesn't seem nearly as dangerous here as in our review, which has dropped by this point unless something odd happens. I'll tell you what makes me chuckle is the explanation for why this is all occurring in the first place, and I'll let you explain why. But before I do, we are introduced to my MVPs of this episode, the baby <laughs> bongs. A
1: little bunch of baby bongs is... Uh, <laughs> Quite fun to say. I did notice as well, I didn't notice this the first time I read it, that one of the TV channels they go to, fucking Castle Grayskull, they even get He Man in this book. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> They've watched yes, in- the
1: baby bongs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the baby bongs are the linchpin of this entire story. They are the reason everything that has transpired has transpired. So essentially, uh, Big Daddy bong bell end head had five little baby bong children. I guess he meant for them to be great rulers and leaders and conquerors, but unfortunately they found the magic of television and became completely addicted to it, spending all day just watching TV, doing nothing else, not learning to be the great warlords their father wanted. So he essentially decides uh, to bong his head at a (laughs) certain frequency that will allow him to enter the television... Uh, and thus, I believe
0: it's called Bongo Vision is born. <laughs> Bongo Vision. Well, as She Hulk loves to point out here, and I don't disagree with her. She's like, "Dude, just turn the TV off."
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's good advice right there. But he's like, "It's not that easy.
0: How could I do that while punching myself in the head?" I will agree, as a person that has had several small children. It's easier said than done. My daughter was served a buffet of Dora the Explorer and SpongeBob SquarePants, and a kid's going to want what a kid's going to want. So in Mr. Bong's defense, I don't disagree with him there. However, I guarantee you, if I changed Dora the Explorer into a small child who was eaten by lions in the jungle, my daughter would not enjoy the show anymore. (laughs) That's a very
1: good point. So I love this is when it really gets super fucking textual for the book, given that we've been hopping back and forth between different uh, IEPs throughout this entire story so far. Uh, Dr. Bong explains, as all bad guys do, monologues his reasons. Turns out the way in which they've all come to Vision is that, let me get, let me see if I get this right, Mike, uh, She-Hulk The boy with the head of a child and the other couple, their remotes all work on the exact opposite frequency of bongo vision, (laughs) which means when they changed the channel right at the time where old End head was giving himself a nice face punch, they got sucked in. I mean, that's obvious. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it's. (laughs) (laughs) But She-Hulk going, right, well, if I'm stuck here, I'm going to play by my rules, not yours. And rips in the panel what seems to be a hole through <laughs> to the next double page, which is Big Bucks Comics. I believe this is all like listings of
0: upcoming books. Yes. I don't know if you've actually read any of this because it is glorious. And we're actually going to take a minute or two to pick a couple of these out and read them and we will cut it in. But it's literally like any of them. I'll let you, It's Kitty and Wolverine. ha 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 ha. More X money. Justice, isn't this a DC book? <laughs> Here we go. Star Brand 1 through 10. I pay you 11 through 19. There ain't enough money in the world. These are classics, classics. Never be a book like this again. So, yeah. <laughs> <That's We're> a- <laughs> so, anyway, yes, we ended up with our Big Bucks Comics, which, as you mentioned, is meta, even for being meta, because it's absolutely hilarious. From here, She-Hulk decides that she's had enough with this. She's still looking for Dr. Bong because he's kind of just taken off. And we get reintroduced to the lovely Howardina. Oh, that's not really her name.
1: Uh, It may as well. I
0: don't believe that they named this alluring French duck lady. I think they did, (laughs) but I did not bother to write it down because I was too interested in the visuals. Needless to say, that's pretty much the end of this issue. And I guess we can review it at this point. Now, you seem like you have something you want to add. So, yeah, we skipped over one thing
1: earlier. and I love this is how they get rid of Dr. Bong. The whole thing with Dr. Bong as well is that in this run, a lot of... Because this is the fifth issue in the uh, Sensational She-Hulk. And obviously being a meta book, a lot of the stories in issue order have mirrored what happened in the initial run of Fantastic Four. Uh, and with Fantastic Four and Spider-Man, Issue 5, they fight Dr. Doom. So you get She-Hulk getting really pissed off.
0: Like, wait, those guys got Dr. Doom. I get Dr. fucking Bomb." <laughs> <laughs> and also to point out, in Issue 4, a similar thing happened. Because I believe it was Issue 4 of the Avengers, they reintroduce... Captain America in issue 4 of Fantastic 4 they reintroduce Namor the Submariner and in issue 4 of the She-Hulk they reintroduce the Blonde Phantom again <laughs> people go reread or go read issue 4 of sensational Sh- sensational She-Hulk it's really good it genuinely
1: is fantastic but I think it, you're right that wraps us up Uh, Dr. Bong is forever stuck in bongo vision, thanks to a conveniently placed turn off the machine button that (laughs) sexy duck lady just happens to fall into.
0: And there we are. There we have it. Problem solved. It's over. But this episode is not over because we still have a couple of things we, as your host of this podcast, like to add, including our rating and how we would like to bring this into some universe outside of the Marvel Universe. Zach. Which would you like to do first? And I will let you take it away.
1: I think we should review first and foremost. Now, uh, if you're happy with me to go first on yes. it, I am going to rate this book on unrealistic depictions of children. <laughs> uh, the John Byrne special, as we call it, round these parts, Mob Squad. Uh, but I will give this book a good four You know, misrepresentations of uh, the scale of the limbs and head of children in comic books i really really enjoyed it uh a lot of on the nose yet still kind of tongue-in-cheek pop culture references as i say, you get like castle grayskull in a she-hulk book although they don't explore it and uh, you know meet all the denizens that's still pretty fucking cool uh there's a lot of self-awareness in the humor which i love i love that the bad guy's called dr bongs it just sounds like one of the boys i'd be in school with nickname yeah all around (laughs) good time was had
0: yeah, all-around fun party. I'm going to give it three and a half chainsaws to the dome. I was (laughs) leaning for, I think, three and a half is accurate. It was fun. It was a little goofy. I know I was sitting here fake fawning over Howardina, but it was a little too ridiculous, a few things. Um, As you said, some of it was pretty spot on, and that's okay. I mean, this is supposed to be a fun book, but there were a couple of times I was like, I wanted a little more out of this, as ridiculous as it seemed. Unlike Charles Barkley versus Godzilla, where I got the exact amount of everything I wanted, this left me wanting a little more and a little less at the same time. So three and a half chainsaws to the dome. As far as how you bring this into the real world metaverse, DC, some universe, I don't care. Give me something, Zach. Uh, I want to cherry pick out of everything that happens in this book. I want
1: to follow the adventures of Fabrat. Oh, okay. I'm I, i I'm excited about this character. He's very original. He's, uh, He's got a blue onesie, but with red accents, including the boots and cape. Very original. Never been done before. Very excited about that. And I just like the idea of a, a superhero mouse. Really appeals to someone with my attention span.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to give you the entire history of him. He went through a cat's intestines and ended up being passed. However, I, <laughs> on the other hand... I'm going to it would be too easy to just say I want to see a She-Hulk TV show like this because I think we're getting that. But I think what I would like to see is a children's show about the baby bongs. I love Dr. Bong. He literally is just a guy with a bell on his head and a hammer of sorts for a right hand. But then we get his baby bongs. Who did he impregnate to have the Baby Bongs? I need to see their mother. There's too much left on the table. I need to know more about their backstory. I need to know how they're going to grow up. Are they going to grow up to be a boy band? Are they going to grow up to rule the world? Dr. Bong, actually a little more powerful than he's given credit for. I just want to know more about what's going to happen with the Baby Bongs.
1: Yeah, I'm into the idea of reality TV show about the Baby Bong boy band.
0: (laughs) The Baby Bong boy band. (laughs) So with that said, I think we are done. Reviewing this pretty good issue of Sensational She-Hulk number five. I am going to tell our mob squad where to reach us on the socials, etc. You can reach us at Twitter at Multiverse of Bad. You can reach us on the Instagrams, the TikToks, and Facebooks at Multiverse of Badness. You can also go to MultiverseofBadness.com if you want to our podcast directly. And it actually just links to Apple. But if you want to reach us via telephone... Our number is 1949 one There are alternative ways, however, that we love to be reached. And Zach is going to go over this madness.
1: It couldn't be simpler. Guys, I don't understand what you're not getting about this. We've laid it out in plain and simple terms. Everything I say to you as an email address. Is a perfectly legitimate usable email address, and we would love to receive your fan art, your hate mail, uh, photocopies of your butt from the Works Christmas party, whatever <laughs> you've got, send them over to. Oh my god, did Sam Raimi direct an episode of The Three Stooges at multiverseofbadness.com? You can reach us at giant man headed baby boy at multiverseofbadness.com. <laughs> And you can reach us at excuse me while I fucking hammer throw this T-Rex out of
0: existence at <laughs> multiverseofbadness.com As well as you can reach us at the baby Bong boy band bonanza at multiverseofbadness.com <laughs> With that said, I think we are done with this issue slash episode as always. Thank you, my lovely co-host Zach. And as long as you're willing to put up With a 30-year-old Welshman and a 50-year-old man who still reads comics and likes to get on the interwebs and say dumb shit. You're always welcome here in the Multiverse of
1: Badness. That is the first Baby Bong boy band song. Oh,
0: fucking A it is. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Multiverse of Badness. This is Dr. Bong. And I have been made aware that you can't keep my name out of your filthy little mouths. Well, I will take this opportunity to make a run-in on your podcast and let you know to listen to Trapped in a World, the Howard the Duck podcast. And if you don't, You can choke on that, slap nuts.